want to welcome you to the Marysville 3CU Church today. If you're interested to learn more about the church, you can go to our website at marysville3cu.org. That's marysville3cu.org. As we begin our message today, the title of the message is Advanced Relationship Training. And what that means is, by advanced relationship training, this is not for the lighthearted. In our relationships with others, sometimes it can be challenging and sometimes we can have difficulties. And in today's message, we're going to um, talk about some of those challenges. I think in many ways only the touch and empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the involvement of the Holy Spirit in our hearts that enables us to fulfill those um, what we find our admonitions in Scripture that we're going to share with you today tell us about. Sometimes people in today's circles try to fulfill relationships and do self-help, but I think as we talk about today's, we'll find that this is one of those things that we clearly need the help of the Holy Spirit, His work in our lives, and His help. Our scripture today is going to be found in the book of Matthew chapter 5, but before uh, we read those passage, that passage. Uh, we also will have some other scriptures. Let's have a brief word of prayer. Father God, I pray to Lord that you would just help us today as we endeavor to learn from your word, that our hearts will be open to your guiding and your direction. Dear Lord, there's some challenges here that we need to understand, some challenges that might be beyond where we're at in our current walk, but may we ever be pushing forward. Father, you ask us to do things, and your Holy Spirit can help us to do these things. But in ourself and in our carnality, in our depraved state, Lord, it seems an impossible task. And we pray to the Lord that you'd help us with these things this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. So we're going to look at some different passages. Matthew chapter 5 is in the Sermon on the Mount. And if you're familiar with the Sermon on the Mount and having read through some of those as, uh, some of the passages there and the teaching that Jesus brings to us, you, there are some challenges in here. There are some things for some advanced thinking. It's, it's not just a, about what we do, but it gets into how we feel, how we respond. And so let's read Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? 
Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now if you read that closely and we're following along, there are some challenges as we go through this passage, back beginning there with verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. So we see some action words there, and we continue to good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you. It tells us to love, to bless, to do good, and to pray. Love your enemies. That's an agape kind of love. I know sometimes our enemies, we might not like them. There's some people we don't like necessarily be around. They cause us pain. They cause us injury. But we need to love them. We need to love them. We need that help from God to love them. And we need to bless those who curse you. Wow. Bless those who curse you. If I read the definition of the word behind that word bless you, a bless, it says to speak well of. Imagine how hard it is. You've probably had that situation. People that are putting you down and those kinds of things is somehow... We're supposed to speak well of them. We're to bless them. And, you know, those, uh, those situations with those that curse you, you're to speak well of them and uh, to bless them. So we need help from God on that. At least I need help from God on that. We need the help of the Holy Spirit on that to work our hearts. This is advanced relationship training. This is not your entry-level thing. If you're a young Christian, this might just seem beyond all possibilities but with the Lord's help we can fulfill those things that he's asking us to do and we are to pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you I missed one we're supposed to do good to those you that hate you and we'll find out a little bit about that in, in a few moments do good do good and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you I I think in the praying we gain some concern, and then in the praying, we gain some compassion, and in the, the praying, it might help us with our love and with the blessing and the doing good. And praying for them, but then that praying for them, we can maybe pray about how we need God's help and allow Him to teach, teach us. And it continues if we go down to verse... 46, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Tax collectors at that time were not the most favored group of people. And he's basically saying, what's, what's different about you if you behave like everyone that is not followers? And if you greet your brother and only, what do you do more than the others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? And then it says, therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. That word perfect is complete. Complete. So we're being charged here. We're being admonished here to reflect the love of Christ. We're being admonished, encouraged to reflect it. But we have to keep it in the right aspect and the right attitude. And we have to guard that it does not over to allow them to get a root, as it were, control within us. Then 
what the offense towards us they might be causing or perpetrating. So we need to seek God's guidance and God's wisdom as we work towards this advanced relationship training. And then when we do that, it reflects that we are different or more so that God has done something in our hearts, that there's something maybe beyond ourself, but clearly that it is different than what the general person might do without Christ. This is some heavy stuff, some hard things. Can't get there on our own. We need the Lord to help us, and may the Lord help us. And so on some parallel passage, uh, parallel passage or continuing on this thought, let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12, and we'd like to turn to verse 14. And look at verses 14 through 21. Romans chapter 12, 14 through 21. We find again a repetition or a repeat of what we covered in Matthew chapter 5. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not let your mind put your mind on high things. Associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved. Do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed them, him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink, for in so doing you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. There are some things that we will run into on treating brothers and sisters in Christ. And there's other things where we run into is how to treat people when we come in contact with them anywhere. We find that in verse 17 especially. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. We need to do the right things in the sight of of all men have regard for good things in the sight of all men if it is possible as much as depends on you sometimes it doesn't depend on you but as if it is possible as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men brethren do not avenge yourselves but rather give place to wrath for it is written vengeance is mine I will repay says the Lord therefore if your enemy is hungry feed him if he is thirsty give him a drink for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So again, we have this blessing part, but we need to step back and allow God to avenge us. Allow God to step in. Allow God to find the right way to 
take care of the situation. Because we want to not be vindictive. And avenge yourselves. It might require you constant vigilance in the midst of the battle. On our part. But it can be difficult. But it's again, we find if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. You ever run into someone that's mistreating you or doing something and then you're nice to them? Sometimes that can just make them more agitated. Sometimes someone might be trying to have an argument with you and they're trying, they want you to be mad because they did something they shouldn't. Maybe it's a child. And that would make them feel better. But the fact that you are forgiving might make them feel worse. Might feel, make them feel worse. And so, again, in this re, the sense, we can get so much about the revenge and avenging that we lose our place and it becomes and takes control of us and it erodes us more and we end up harming ourselves or allowing them to harm our us internally maybe worse than the original harm itself because it consumes us it consumes us consumes us and overpowers us but we do find what you may not always agree with or like, governments do have some issues, but we find that uh, God's placed and established governing authorities to reward good and punish evil. So let's look down into Romans 13, 1 through 7. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Now, the governing authorities, that might be government, that might be some established um, rules, uh, rulers and, and people in authority. But it says the governing authorities... For there is no authority, again I'm in Romans chapter 13 verse 1, For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a tear to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be afraid, unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good for if you do evil be afraid for he does not bear the sword in vain for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil therefore you must be subject not only because of wrath but also for conscience sake for because of this you also pay taxes for they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due customs to who customs Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. That might also be a great challenge for you, depending on your situation and your view of things that are around. But instead of avenging ourselves and letting that to eat us up from the inside out, we allow those in authority and, uh, to take care of it. Even in the church, we have those that are in authority and we would find in other scriptures that we are assigned, those of us in leadership, from time to time to bring discipline and to assign things. And so in that case, we should not be avenging ourselves. We should be, as God's instruments, trying to do good and 
help in positive situations and tamping down those things that are not right. So there is a separation that we have to remember that if we're in church leadership, we become part of that governing authority. And if we're in that governing authority, then we act as the governing authority. It's not and defending other people. When it is on us, and it's about us, then we need to, what we would call it in today's vernacular, would be a conflict of interest. We need to step back and let others avenge us with a clear mind and the instruction of the Holy Spirit within the church. But because otherwise we, even though we are part of the governing body, take on that same challenge of making it personal, I guess we would say. And so if you are in a leadership position, you need to remember your role and remember and separate that from personal relations can be a hard thing to do. Some people get involved in leadership, whether it's in the church or otherwise, that aren't have difficulty doing that, and maybe they're in the wrong role. But we need to understand that, that when I'm dealing with things from a position of leadership, it is different than dealing with things on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And there are differences between dealing with those of the brethren brothers and sisters of Christ, and those that are of the world. But we want to bring those distinctions. So again, in your personal things, do not avenge yourself. Don't allow it to eat you up. There are things in Scripture that tell us how we resolve those conflicts, and if need so, we escalate it. And then if we are in the place of leadership, then we become part of that governing authority. So we have to keep those things in mind and keep those things separate and guard our hearts and remember how we are to treat, we are to, to uh, bless, do good, pray, love. We need to seek God's help on those things, at least I do. And then we find another um, passage of scripture that's pertinent, I believe, uh, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. It says, Pursue peace, pursue peace with all people, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. That root of bitterness... If we let that to get in and it becomes like a cancer and it wants to metastasize and it wants to grow and it, it interacts with how we relate to other people and it gets in our mind and it clouds us, it defiles, it just erodes the possibilities here. And so then it becomes very difficult, does it not, to love and to do good and to bless and you take an already difficult task and you just make it worse if you let bitterness to set in. And so by praying for God's guidance and preferring for others and, and, and that love and that um, uh, the blessing and, and, and the heaping coals on their head by doing good, we step back and we allow the Lord to have His vengeance 
And if we're in a good position in that regard, we guard against that. And we allow those, whether in the church or in other places, to take care of that vengeance. And in some cases, we might be those that God is having to be involved in, 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 in that pattern. But we have to be careful that it's not become about us. It's about those that we're caring for or we're charged to defend or uh, to stand up for. To do those things that were good and try to and endeavor to do it under the wisdom and guidance and the authority of God. So I don't know what difficult relationships you have. I don't know where it's at, whether it's where you live or where you work. Could be where you go to church. Could be where you drive. I don't know. But the admonition in the message today is that we need to guard our hearts. And allow God to do His work. We need to understand that it shouldn't get into personal places. For those in leadership, I know I keep bringing that up, but sometimes there's a confusion between the role of those in leadership and the roles that are, and the um, instructions that we have in Scripture on how to deal with personal relationships. And those that are in leadership need to not make it personal. It's a challenge for them. But we're back to, we need to help the Holy Spirit to help us in our attitudes, our relationships, help us to pray, help us to bless, help us to do good. Wow, advanced relationship training. And let God do what God wants to do. Don't let that bitterness come up and stir up and just ramble through and cause issues. And maybe you get a pack of people together and it kind of gets a little clicky and you're all together and it feels like this is a good thing, but... You're starting to lay the framework and the groundwork for not approaching things in a positive way. So, the charge is to do what Scripture is asking you to do in the place you are in your walk, that God might continue to mature you and to help you to be obedient to Him. Father God, I pray that you would help each one that hears this message. When they hear this message, that they would be obedient to the teaching and the guiding and the directing that you would lay on their hearts and that you would just touch them in a special way and allow, and we pray that you would help them to know that they need to allow the Holy Spirit to have impact in their heart. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And so... Our prayer is that we mature, that we learn, that we are obedient, and that we grow. And may the Lord bless you as you endeavor to do those things.